But most people in the world, they will benefit from jujitsu, not by taking this path of I want to compete and get a gold medal, but I want to learn some basic skills that can help me in everyday life, that can change the way that I look at problems and I deal with situations. And that's the jujitsu that we were always taught as kids and that we were taught to teach. Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will prepare you for the rapidly changing world. So jump in. The water is warm and the tide is rising. Ah, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the New Wave Podcast. Denzel Piazza checking in with you here. So happy to have you. And I am psyched for today's episode. We are speaking with my friend Hiron Gracie, who is a friend of mine, but also someone who I definitely look up to and who I think is a model for uh, living their life in a certain way. And so you're going to get to hear this man's perspective. But before we get into that, I want to make sure that you're updated on everything that we're doing. Now, they say sometimes when you go to like a, a grocery store or an airport and they're working on uh, maybe the roofing or the floors, they say, pardon our dust. And that's kind of how I feel about newwaveentrepreneur.com. Have you checked out that site yet? If you haven't, you'll see we're making a whole bunch of changes. And I'm actually designing the whole new whole website myself. I'm, I'm kind of just doing it from the ground up. And uh, the whole purpose of this is to make it one super easy for you to access everything that we are putting out. Because if you haven't noticed, we are a daily show now, and I know there's a lot of content, but it's all for a reason. And there's a theme to everything that we're doing here. It's about educating ourselves, training ourselves, and getting our minds right for what's to come in the future. That's what the new wave is about. And so if you're tapped into our platform, you'll be able to keep track of everything we have putting out or everything we have that we're putting out. So make sure you go to newwaveentrepreneur.com. Uh, from there, you can subscribe wherever you want to the podcast. We have it on, of course, Spotify, iTunes, uh, anything that you are already on. And you can also listen streaming from the website. And there's a lot more rich content on the website as well, especially as we start to develop our YouTube game. Everything is coming. And at the New Wave Entrepreneur website, newwaveentrepreneur.com, you can also get a, uh, a link to our Discord channel. This is what I really want to bring to your attention. Discord is uh, the next piece of the puzzle here. You know, we spent this time building up the, the podcast itself and getting consistency with just putting out this message. And I really am loving the responses. I'm loving the feedback I'm getting. I'm getting text messages. I'm getting emails. We're getting comments. It's beautiful. Now let's bring it on Discord. Discord is where we can talk in real time. I can tell you about the things that we're working on behind the scenes. I can also help you with problems you're going through with business. We can have chats about psychedelics. We can talk about anything that's going on in your world. We can talk about what's going on in the news. It's just a great place to connect with each other. The big thing I've realized is that what's so important is community. These last two years have revealed to me that community is the most important asset and relationships are the most important asset. Beyond money, it's relationship. And especially when we can't always be in person together, it's good to have someone who can uh, who can talk to you about what you're working on, talk about what you're going through, or just have a laugh with you even if it's virtual, and we love doing it on Discord. So check out the New Wave Discord community. That's at newwaveentrepreneur.com as well. So make sure you're checking out everything that we have to offer on there as well. And by the way, uh, when this episode comes out, uh, we'll just be a few days up from, uh, a few days out from 
the first new wave dinner experience. And this is something that uh, I have been wanting to do for quite a while. And it's something I even tested out a few years ago and I love doing it. So we really, we upgraded it, we stepped it up. I have created, I should say, we have created a series of dinners uh, all around entrepreneurship, personal development, and, uh, and basically creativity. And we're bringing together 10 leaders at a time to have dinner, to talk about things, to brainstorm, to mastermind. Uh, we brought in a beautiful catered experience with a chef, uh, someone who I love working with. We have musical entertainment. Uh, we, for this particular location in LA, found a 21-acre mountain estate um, way up uh, in the Simi Valley um, above Topanga, and it is gorgeous. You guys are going to see it in the in the videos. I'm sure we'll put some out. And uh, and this is going to be a fantastic experience, a meeting of the minds, really incredible people coming, uh, some friends of mine, some clients, some uh, some new faces. And uh, these are things that we just, I, I enjoy doing. And this is how I like really to interact with my community. So if you're listening to this already, well, that event is full and that's okay. But we will be doing more of those throughout the year. I plan on doing at least three throughout the summer. Uh, I'd even like to do one in Europe. So stay tuned to this podcast and we'll put info on the dinners up on newwaveentrepreneur.com. So that is what I encourage you to do. I think it'd be a great opportunity to meet you. I'd love to meet you. And, uh, and, and while we're at it, let's dive right into the show. So here's episode 75 with my friend Hiron Gracie. We're talking about uh, we're talking about mindset, we're talking about mental health, and we're talking about the road to mastery. Let's get into it. Okay, so here's what my struggle was coming into this into this conversation. I don't want this to be the jujitsu podcast all the time. I try not to freak out about jujitsu all the time. I try not to like make everything about jujitsu, make it all come back to jujitsu because it's like one of my clients said to me, "If you say jujitsu three times in the mirror, Daniel appears." And I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's probably a good thing. But I don't want to make the whole thing about that. However, I'm really excited to have you on. Giron Gracie's here, and I, what I wrote down on my my notepad before this is. If you had to tell someone on the street who didn't care or have that much time about the Gracie legacy in like 30 to 90 seconds, what would you say? Because it's a lot. I want to tell them about the legacy in 30 to 90 seconds, you said? Yeah, like how, you know, because there's, there's a lot to pack into like yeah. your biography. And we could do that, but I don't know if we want to. So it's yeah, like... And my, my biography is kind of intertwined with so many other biographies. Too. Right, right. It's, it's like, um, you ever seen that uh, 100 Years of Solitude by uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez? great mm-hmm. South American author. And he wrote this book that takes the entire perspective of this family over six generations, like 300 years, and tracks this whole family with a huge tree. And it's like eating a 10-course meal, reading this book. That's like learning yeah, family history. Okay. So in 60 to 90 seconds, for those <laughs> that don't know that much about the Gracie family in jiu-jitsu, I would start with um, my grandfather, Elio Gracie learning jiu-jitsu in Brazil at a very young age, as well as his brother Carlos. And as they learn jiu-jitsu, they kind of spread it to their children and their nephews. And soon after, 1979, my father came to America and developed the Ultimate Fighting Championship known as the UFC. But this was after a lot of other things happened before he developed that. And then that 
along with the Gracie family teaching the army and law enforcement across the world. Now we exist. And back to my father created the UFC. My uncle Hoyce fought in the UFC and put jujitsu on display and how a much smaller person can defeat somebody much bigger, stronger, heavier, more athletic with good technique. So now you have the military, you have law enforcement wanting to learn this, as well as civilians around the world. So today we have our headquarters, Gracie University in Torrance, California, out in Los Angeles. And now we teach jujitsu as an art of self-defense to students all around the world. We have over 200 schools that are working with us, as well as many that are not tied to us, but still jujitsu schools nonetheless. And, and that's what we spend our time doing is figure out how we can get people on the mat to learn the gentle art to defend themselves and just improve their overall you know, way of looking at life. So what I think is cool about what your family has done because of what they brought to, you know, the country and the world is that a lot of people train jiu-jitsu or martial or, or MMA who have no connection, like you said, with you guys. But part of what your family did was push it forward, create something new. I think that traditional martial arts, you know, you have like Kung Fu or when I was a kid, I did like Tung Soo Do and all these like Korean martial arts and they're all great. But a lot of the, the older stuff doesn't have a connection to the present. So you feel like, you know, you, you don't feel like it's modern or up to date. It's traditional, you know, and I think that what's so great about um, jujitsu is that it, it bridges that gap between, you know, traditional, which is like judo and ancient, ancient, like, uh, you, you know, forms of martial arts. And then there's a very much a new application. And then we watch it all the time. And even the, you know, going into media and talking about media, the, the average individual probably sees, you know, a lot of jujitsu. They don't even know it, you know, looking at it on TV now. Yeah, especially these days, right? Jiu-Jitsu is it's, it's, it's a fad right now. It's, it's a fad. It's in the media for sure. It's, it's the cool thing to do. Um, and as for our connection, the Gracie family is very, very, it's probably the most responsible family for the growth of Jiu-Jitsu in the world. Although there were other families and people that were very instrumental in the explosion of Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Um, the Gracie family, just the, the sheer numbers, the, the amount of Gracies that are teaching jujitsu and pushing this art, it's so many. So it's spread all around. And now, it, it, you know, whether it's in a song, in the lyrics of a song, or the other day I was driving and I saw like, uh, I think it was like a Jeep ad or something. And they had these tires and the tires were called grappler, grappler <laughs> something. And I'm like, wow, like words like grappler and like ultimate, like those words have always uh -huh. been used, of course, but they're like, we're they're really pushing those now. Part of the culture. You say, yeah, yeah, people are jumping on the fact that the ultimate fighting championship, which came from the Gracie mm -hmm. family, as well as the word grappling and grappler, like that's, there it is. So now you have these grappler yeah. tires. And when I saw them, I stopped. I like, I do jujitsu. So those are my tires right there. Those are the grapplers. <laughs> Yeah, they know their target market. <laughs> Everywhere you look, there's some kind of a reference, and some are you know more undercover than others, but some kind of reference to jujitsu and to fighting and to self defense, and and that's great, yeah. and I love that, and it's a beautiful thing. You know what's interesting too about um, just like if you look at your family as a tree, and then your branch of the tree that you've created, and all the stuff you're creating from your branch. I don't know 100 percent if this is true, but it seems like you and your brother. Uh, Hannah were the first ones to really say, we can do this digitally. We can take this digital. And then people clowned you a little bit. And you're like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. And then 10 years later, everyone's like, hey, how do we do it digital? <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Kind of? Yeah, maybe about 10 years ago, 
we, mm-hmm. we realized that because we wanted to structure our curriculum and have like from white to blue belt and have everything like in order of what you need to learn first, second, and how you build on what you've learned, we, we did it on a DVD set. But then we realized that there's so much information and we're like, man, we, we just can't make, you know, 47 DVD sets. So then it's like, let's put this online. So then we created gracieuniversity.com so we can continue to provide this linear format, this kind of outline of everything that we've ever learned when it comes to jujitsu. And absolutely, there is resistance. It's different, even within the closest family members. The fact that jujitsu has never been taught online before and thousands and thousands of people have learned in person, blood, sweat, and tears, hands on. You have to look the instructor in the eye, and then he yeah. teaches you his deadly secret techniques, art. Yeah. Secret art. And so when we put it online, there was a lot of resistance, but we looked at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture was obviously the people who live in the city that we're in, they can come access jujitsu at any moment and be our students. But there are people all around the world that don't have access to a jujitsu school. Or if they do, that jujitsu school doesn't quite fit their personality. Mm-hmm. Maybe the maybe the culture of the school is just a little bit too much about competition. Maybe it's too much about who can defeat who to make it to the top and shine for the instructor. And it's too much about belt promotions. And although competition and whether it's competition in-house or actual competitions that are like within the organizations that exist that host these big competitions, these things are healthy. But most people in the world, they will benefit from jujitsu, not by taking this path of I want to compete and get a gold medal, but I want to learn some basic skills that can help me in everyday life, that can change the way that I look at problems and I deal with situations. And that's the jujitsu that we were always taught as kids and that we were taught to teach. So 99% of the people out there, they want something that they can carry with them wherever they go, almost like as a form of insurance. Mm-hmm. Because who knows when, but at some time in our lives, someone's going to want to take something from you. Someone will say something to you. They'll cross the line. So by putting this information online, anybody could access it. And people were getting together. I, we have hundreds and hundreds of stories of people getting together in their garage, two or three, four friends, sometimes up to 20, 30 friends. And they watch the videos and they go over the techniques. Yep. They practice together. It's not like you go online and you just watch it. In your home, you know, you know, by yourself. Yeah. 20 minutes by yourself. And yeah. then when you go to sleep, the next morning you wake up and now you just know <laughs> all the white to blue belt techniques. And that's not how Unless it works. Unless you're Keanu Reeves. You had to get down to business and practice. And we have so much experience that in these videos, not only do we show you what to do, we actually call out before you make them the most common mistakes and the essential details. So now you have a student who is, they're learning from us via the internet. And we've had so many success stories and so many students. I was just traveling Northern California maybe a few weeks ago. And I met like four people in one evening, like two or three who started with one of our satellite schools and another two Mm -hmm. who said, you know what? I started watching you and your brother online and I haven't stopped doing jujitsu since. And now (laughs) I'm a brown belt. So it just just lit the fire. And the thing is, is how many people might train in their garage online for, let's just say six months, 10 months, 
And then after about a year or so, they find out about a school that's opening up 30 minutes away. Now they make the drive twice mm -hmm. a week. And then before you know, they're driving 30 minutes four times a week because they love jujitsu. So if anything, people were bothered because we were introducing, we were teaching people jujitsu via online, via the website, via the internet. But really, what we were doing was getting all these kind of brick and mortar schools, more students, mm -hmm. because more people got a good introduction and were excited about jujitsu. So then they ran to their local school. It's creative. I mean, I love thinking about things from a business perspective. I always think about this. I think that's a great lead magnet. It's a little taster of what the experience is. And then you're like, I got to go drive this with yes. people. You're never going to complete your education no. at home. No, no, you, you need to get with people, whether that's 10 dedicated friends or three dedicated friends in your garage. But the truth is having more exposure to different body types and different energies is a good idea. Mm -hmm. Now, all we hope is that the experience that they had with three or four friends in their garage, training, helping each other, working together, following our, our guidance. We often remind them how they don't want to beat each other up. They want to give moderate resistance and help each other and mm -hmm. check in with your training partners. Hopefully they go to a school 20, 30 minutes away and the, the whole experience is pleasant. It's just more pleasant than not. Because it can very easily, you can drive somewhere 20, 30 minutes and you get there and you're not taken care of. And you get injured your first day and you're seen as a threat because sometimes the martial yeah. arts has this energy of like, hey, who are you? Why do you want to come here? There's a little bit of a protective, there's a little bit of a territorial nature in some bit. cases. Now it's 2022. People are kind of getting past that and they're realizing that someone might live somewhere else and they come visit a school in another city or state. You don't have to beat them up and sh represent and show them that <laughs> rep you know, your squad your school is the best. Yeah, you don't have to rep your school like that. You can welcome a visitor and just be grateful that there I are like people doing jiu-jitsu in. in Thailand and they come visit and you give them a good time and you make a friend. Yeah. It's, the it's like speaking a mutual language. I was telling yes. my dad, it's like we don't speak the same language verbally, but we'll speak the same language physically and we can trade stuff. Can yes. trade can trade uh, sentences and phrases, which are just the movements of the body because uh, it's, it's a communication pattern you know and 100%. what i love about what i love about it is that you as you get better at it and you can actually you know string together sentences from the words which are the the movements uh, you can express your own personality through it because you do things other people won't do because they don't like that or they can't or they, whatever whatever and you start to really you start it's a way of creative expression that has infinite numbers of possibilities yes Hundred percent, and I, that's not advertised on the box of why to do jujitsu though. It's like try self defense. <laughs> they don't say infinite number of creative expression. <laughs> you know, yeah, we talk tangible. about it. We talk about it. You're right, but that's hard to understand that uh, yeah. in just a conversation like this. But no doubt that everybody is different, and everybody's expression of jujitsu will be different. But it doesn't mean that everyone's purpose for doing jujitsu can't be that can be within some, there are a handful of reasons to get started. And oh, the yeah. first one is to be comfortable in your own skin and be able to take care of yourself and your loved ones. And another one could be movement, right? You yep. live as long as you keep living and moving and learning. So there are the physical and the mental, like the growth, the learning of new things. And there's so much good that comes from just putting yourself in a position where you don't know much and you have to kind of really stretch your body and your mind physically, stretch your body and literally 
literally and figuratively how long to stretch your body. Was your grandfather rolling for? How old was he? My my grandfather was on the mat forever until his last days. Now, how he did jujitsu, how how he practiced, he obviously got older. He's in his nineties, so he has to slow yeah. down and he has to protect his body. But there's no reason why you can't practice jujitsu and you can't stay physically active. The benefits are way too good to stay physically active for the rest of your life. It's too common for someone to hit an age of, it could be 65, 70, and all of a sudden, the only physical activity that you do might be walking around the block oh, yeah. three times. And, oh, and that yeah. is also very good. There's tremendous benefits in walking. But just in terms of like the ego, there's something about the physical chess match, the game of jujitsu. And oftentimes I hear people saying how, you know, they, they start, people start sometimes when they're 60 years old, 65. Yep. And yep. it like, it, it almost brings you back to life because it can, oh, you can yeah. very easily be in a, you know, be in a low as you get much older in life. But jujitsu is something that, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are, you start learning, it starts you making you feel younger. New things about yourself too. You, you, you yes. look at things you, you assume you can't do and you realize you can do them. You know, you, lo you look at things that were hard a month ago and now they're easy and you're like, oh shit, there's a lot of life left in this body. You know, yeah, my dad even is seeing ago. that now. Sometimes something was impossible yeah. three seconds ago and then the instructor <laughs> shows you the solution and you're like, wow, if yeah. that solution, if the solution to that impossible scenario was learned in two or three or four or five seconds, imagine what else is possible. Every other impossible scenario that exists mm -hmm. should be reconsidered. And, and, you know, I think one thing that is, is just kind of just comes with, with your life is that you've been doing it your whole life. So you don't really maybe even have the context of what would it be like to start this when I'm 60? Cause you're, you won't have that experience, but someone else who hasn't, there are people who've never done anything athletic in their whole life. People who've done never, never done anything creative in their whole life. And that makes me feel bad because man, you're missing out on like in a whole spectrum of peak experiences and self, you know, reflection and self love and creativity. And, um, I think that this is something that can really, uh, really be both physically and mentally healthy for you. And, and mental health is a big part of physical health. hundred percent. And yes, people just haven't had the exposure. It's not that they even chose to avoid, you know, physical and creative activities. Yeah. It just was the, you know, luck of the draw. They just didn't have a lifestyle, a family, who knows, an environment to really, that really fostered that. But because of the internet, today people are seeing jujitsu. Like you mentioned, you can see it everywhere. So then you have those people who are not very physical and they're not very creative. And we often have students walk, in the, walk into our building, into our school, and they're on the mat. And I can just tell. I'm like, wow, this person doesn't even know how to like go from standing to laying down to standing up. Even that is awkward and it's new. And a simple thing like learning how to fall down or how to do a forward roll. These are things that you might have done when you were seven years old. Yeah. But then you hit 12, 14, you just forget about it. So it's not uncommon for me to feel an adult that I'm like, wow, you need a lot of work, but it's okay because we're in no hurry. And, and that's the beauty of the, the, the job that we have and the role that we have is that I'll teach someone jujitsu for eight years, 10 years, 16 years. And 
And I don't need to see that much. I don't need to see perfection. And I don't even need to see progress sometimes. I'm in no hurry. I trust the system. And that if you just continue mm. to commit yourself to stepping on the mat, it will happen. Now, mm. naturally, people are very hard, very you know, tough critics of themselves. And the human, the student is always saying, you know what? I don't know if I qualify. I don't know if I'm good enough. This might not be for me. So they're always trying to talk themselves out of it and how they're not good enough for jujitsu. Right. Now, yeah. I know they're good enough. The question is, can they give it the next 18 months? And it feels like a long time to give 18 months for something, especially when you want that, you want the release, the physical and the mental release. You want to learn, you want the challenge. But if it takes 18 months or it takes six months, that can feel like a very long time. The, the question you have to ask yourself is, you know, is it worth it? Is it worth waiting? And almost like I tell students to come to the mat and almost like learn a little bit and then forget about it. Go home and forget about it. Don't stress about it. Just be so light in your approach. And no doubt it will eventually click. And back to what you said, the physical as well as the mental benefits will begin to um, present themselves. Okay, I picked up three things there. <clears throat> One, imposter syndrome hits at all levels. So any level, beginner, white belt, blue, black, through all that, everyone thinks, uh, maybe I'm not good enough for this, or this person's better than this, or I'm not as good today as I was yesterday, or whatever. I, I know that I still feel like that constantly. So I don't feel any different really than I did as a white belt, but then I look sometimes at my roles with white belts when I'm like, you know, I'm trying and I'm like, man, I'm the person now that as a white belt, I was like, he's impossible. He's unbeatable. Every position. I'm just like, and then, and, and then even, even some, sometimes I'll be rolling with a, with a brand new white belt or someone who has some experience, but doesn't have a lot of rank in jujitsu. And they will be giving me a hard time. You know, I've been going for almost 10 years. They're giving me a hard time. And at the end of the role, since I'm purple, they think that I let them do that. And, I, and I'm like, whew, they almost got me. <laughs> because, you know, it's a constant challenge. The imposter syndrome never goes away. So that's something to remember. And, and maybe we should reprogram our minds to run towards things that we say, I'm not good enough. Repro flip the script. Flip the, the paradigm. When you feel that, that is an indicator of an opportunity to expand. If you say, oh, I'm not good. This thing is too hard. I'm not going to good enough. That's, that's a shoe that you could fill, a gap that you can expand into. So something to think about, the listeners out there. The second thing I got was trust the system, especially in the beginning of something when you're feeling the imposter syndrome. How many times have we tried to do something new and we just overthink it? And someone else has already thought this through for you guys. That's why there are, you guys have their whole system on Grace University. You have 32 principles. You've already done the thing, like the, you've done most of the chewing for us. So, and I'm not trying to pimp Grace University. I'm talking about systems in general. You've done the chewing for us where you've already had the research, the time, the development, and just allow it to kind of wash over you and expect not that much to stick, but just know that someone else has the system planned out and then just keep showing up and getting the exposure to it. That yeah. I found is an important process for mastery of all things, you know? Repeated, being steeped in it, just like learning a language. You have to go to the country, right? Be steeped in it, but pick up a little bit at a time. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you just said expect things not to stick, right? Things are going to, and, and forgetting is a necessary part of learning. 
But yet it's, for some reason, it's also stressful because once you're taught something, you feel like you need to, okay, I was taught it. Now I need to know it. And maybe that goes back all the way to childhood, like where a kid is told, you know, make sure you wash your hands before you eat lunch. And then they're told this three times and then they're told three more times, then 10 more times. And there's almost an energy of like, come on, you know, to wash your hands. So maybe we've kind of been, uh, maybe we're maybe we're afraid to be told something and forget it. I have no idea like, if there's some kind of like long term. Well, where did that come from? That that's where, where everybody too. forgets. Everyone forgets. But when you're playing, you don't care if you forget. And what are you always saying? You're saying keep it playful. If you're playing, you're not like I forgot which way I wanted to jump. I forgot which way I wanted to smile. You're just playing. Yeah, you're and in the if moment. you do it safely, you're in the moment. Is that kind of what you mean by keep it playful? Because you say that a lot. You have like, I saw you had a shirt with it on. You say it. Is that, is that, are you mm-hmm. talking about being in the moment? I'm talking about being in the moment and not, be, not being so concerned about the, the, the instant gratification. Like that role in that moment. Don't be too concerned about your performance and whether you win or lose in that moment. Think about the bigger picture. And that you're having okay. fun. And if you're having fun, you're going to come back the next day. And that falls back into trusting the process. That just putting yourself there and not being too hard on yourself. Because naturally, when we do good, we like, ah, oh, we're so excited. We're, we're the best. We're amazing. And when we do bad, we're very hard on ourselves. And we, I don't know, uh, we, we speak down to ourselves. I know what I want to ask. You don't have to keep it playful. Maybe it doesn't matter what happens in that moment, and we're, we don't want to put too much pressure on ourselves. Now, as a competitor, though, now we're switching gears. We'll, t- we'll come back to health. I want to talk about health. But as a competitor, how do you keep it? I saw you did a, a match a couple years ago, or I think maybe 10 years ago now with Galbao. How do you keep it playful in a situation where someone is not keeping it playful? Not everyone's mentality is that. and It's a high-stakes I match. Was, I was not keeping it playful in a high-stakes match. Okay. There, there was none of that happening. Okay. Didn't look playful. Keep it playful. The, the idea of being playful is every day I'm very fortunate to be able to lock up with other human beings and just battle them on the physical, mental side of things. Now, it's possible that if I train with you, Daniel, that you can't get on top of me. I can keep you on your back underneath me forever. I'm positive that that can happen. Now, the value of that is one. And maybe I might do that for three, four, five minutes. I'll suffocate you with control. Five minutes? You're going to do that to me for five minutes? I'm I'm exaggerating. (laughs) But five minutes might be too much. But probably like a minute or two, you're stuck underneath me. But then eventually, once I realize you can't get out and you give three, four, five good, honest attempts to escape and you can't escape, then I'll give you a little window to escape. And then I'll let you control me. So you are my friend. You're my training partner. We're working together. So that's me being playful because the truth is you can't get on top of me. But the playful approach is to let the person get on top of you to allow myself the opportunity to experience the bottom position in preparation that if there's ever a day where I do get overwhelmed and I get taken down, I have more familiarity, more comfort underneath. And that's because I used you, my training partner, because what are we here for? When when we're in a jiu-jitsu school on the mat, we're here to work together. But oftentimes people forget and all they want to do is 
beat everybody who they roll with and dominate and look good because they're trying to fill a void. They're trying to fill this void, this space that they're not enough. That something's they're not enough. Something's missing in their lives. So they go and they grapple and then they they arm bar someone and they control someone. And now all of a sudden they walk home and they're feeling better about themselves. Yeah. So when you said earlier, let's talk about this whole feeling of void thing, but I want to also talk about the idea of running towards things that are uncomfortable. But I think the feeling of void, you like that. But running towards things that are uncomfortable, that's only possible if there is some kind of comfort around you. So there has to be safety, whether it's the jujitsu instructor, your training partners. um, Support. Support. Because let's just say jujitsu is scary and it's uncomfortable. And the idea of being physical is just not for you. You're saying run towards that. I agree. You should run towards it. But you can't run towards it if the instructor talks down to you and your training partners are potentially a little reckless and it risks you getting injured. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of things do have to be, you know, considered before you run towards that which is uncomfortable. Because if not, it, no one's going to do it. No one's going to go learn the uncomfortable, which is the martial arts and the grappling part of things. No one's going to go learn that. And on top of that, have a jiu-jitsu instructor, have a martial arts instructor who says, yeah, you know, you're too lazy. You need to work harder. What's wrong with you? Come on, that's a little too some much. Some people like that. At once. That's some rocky shit. That's some, uh, you know, not everyone wants that lifestyle. If, if failure is inevitable on the road to success, then you can create some safety in failure. There's obviously no true safety. We're all kind of out here and anything can happen, but you want to create some safety in, in the form of support so that you can support your inevitable failure. And you look at these micro failures, these individual failures as links in the chain, milestones on the path, whatever you want to success. Winston Churchill said, uh, success is nothing but going from failure to failure without lack of or loss of enthusiasm. There's a certain ring to that, especially in adult life. You're like, wow, that didn't work. Some, some things work, some things don't. And you just keep on moving, you know? Uh, yes. I, I want to come back. To, I want to come back to the mindset around because w- when was that match with the guy? I was like, like 10 years ago. The jiu-jitsu match that I did with his name is Galvon, his last name. Um, That was maybe eight years ago, seven years ago. That was Andre, right? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, Galvon. Mm -hmm. That to me, from, from, from my perspective, if I were you, I'd be thinking, shit, I'm competing with the, one of the most renowned people in the world. That, that makes me feel uncomfortable or scared. Did you feel any fear or tension going into that? Because you look so chill. I like your style because you're just into the norm. To the person, someone who doesn't watch jujitsu, I'm sure it would have been such a boring match because <laughs> nothing flashy was happening. But you look at the technical elements of what you're doing. You're just not allowing anything, and he's so much force and power, and you're just yeah, you know, and your face is stone cold. So what happens is, um, yes, for sure, there are nerves, and it is. It's, it's the unknown. I don't know him. He's a very decorated competitor. I have competed a little bit, but he's competed 10 for every one that I have, if not more. So much. And there's nerves, but those nerves kind of get massaged into like almost excitement, right? You just kind of flip it. And I'm nervous, but you know what? I'm excited. And I'm excited for the opportunity to experience someone with so much experience, with so much, you know, prestige and just 
like I said, it's very highly ranked, as well as I get to put myself to the test because I'm curious to know what it is that I'm lacking. Where am I exposed? Where are my weaknesses? And it's not anybody that can show me my weaknesses, especially eight years ago. I'm 40 now. I was 32. When I'm 32 years old, it's very difficult to find someone that can get me and show me this is what you need to work on. This is where you're weak. Mm -hmm. But someone like Andre Galvon, he has the potential to do that with his physical attributes and as well as his amazing, you know, his wealth of knowledge. So for sure were nerves, but I, you know, I'm very fortunate to have had my grandfather as well as so many other Gracies as kind of role models that I looked up to. And there was always an energy of, Hey, let's go. Let's roll right now. It doesn't matter if I'm not warmed up or if I haven't trained for the last three weeks or I just got off and had an infection. I'm ready to grapple right now at any moment. <laughs> so I, I take pride in that right now. And, and the reason, and the reason why I can do that is because there's also, there's also safety. If I lose, if I get submitted, I can say, Hey, stop. I give up. I can tap out. Now, naturally, if I get tapped out, there's a little bit of a feeling of, Oh my gosh, I got tapped out. I'm not good enough, but I don't allow the fear of getting tapped out to keep me from grappling with someone because if that was the case, then I would have missed out on 15, 20, 30 amazing, very experienced, high-level training partners that I've had the you know, great pleasure of rolling with over the last 8, 10 years. I'm talking like 20, 30 like world-renowned, like highest-level athletes that I've grappled with, and every single one of them could have potentially tapped me out. Now, let's just say out of all of those, like I've maybe five or six or seven actually did tap me, and that's okay. It's part of the game where it's very easy for someone that is, has a name that I have and has the exposure that I have to, to fear being defeated. Because if someone beats me, right. what does that tell my 1,000 students or my 10,000 students, 100,000 students around the world? It tells them that I'm not quite that good. But I look at it the other way. If I get beat, it actually tells them that I'm human and that I can make a mistake. People make mistakes when they're in the middle of fighting someone. You leave an arm out too long. Mistakes can be made. And even though I make a mistake, the next day I'm back on the mat. I love jujitsu. I'm teaching it again. So I have every person, everybody is susceptible to making a mistake. So I, I, and I think that the people that are learning from us and that are behind Gracie University I don't think that they see me lose. There's another match that I did that I lost. I don't think they see that and say, oh, I don't like him anymore. I'm not going to yeah, I don't, I don't trust him. There you, I don't think big, there you go. No one expects you to win every match because everyone who's watching yes. knows the reality of how this is. And, you and you're not learning from me because I can beat everybody up. You're learning right. from me because you believe that I have been exposed, which I have, to a wealth of knowledge from all of my family members. And you learn from me because I want to teach you. I want to help you. And if at any point you don't want to learn from me anymore, that's okay. I'm glad I was able to teach you for the last three years. Now go learn from someone else. Relationships exist in our lives for a period of time. So I'm not too attached to you being on the mat as my student or you being someone else's student. I'm not fearful because, because instructors and jujitsu competitors, they identify with you because these people are following me, that means that I'm 
this valuable. And if all of a sudden you get, you know, a governor of your state to come in and be your student, now you're a little bit more important as an instructor. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. so, yeah. I, you know, you want it or you don't. I come from an honest place of wanting to teach you, like I said, something that is very dear to myself and to my family. And I'm never going to stop teaching. So, so you mentioned, you know, you have to grow up in this mentality of whatever, you know, at any given time, you need to be ready to go. Uh, Cause that's just part of, you know, part of your family's, you know, uh, mindset. And uh, we were talking earlier about the idea of creating a lifestyle that is about robust health and about always being physically, uh, not just the absence of sickness, but the feeling of robust health and wellness. And over the past couple months, we've had some exchanges talking about what it means to be fully healthy. And I'm wondering if your lifestyle on the mats contributes to your lifestyle and mindset around thinking off the mats and what that correlation is. Yeah, I guess the mindset on the mat for us was always self-defense mm -hmm. to learn how to protect yourself. So if, if self-defense is the focus, then when you step off the mat and you, let's say you're at a restaurant and you're about to order food, you have a choice. You can defend yourself or not. And you can eat the dessert that is offered to you or not. Now, food is a tricky thing. And my wife has taught me a lot about this that sometimes you feed your body and sometimes you feed your soul, as someone explained to her. I personally feed my soul with some persimmons or a big <laughs> slice of water. Some mangoes. Yeah. yeah. Now, so I am becoming a little more flexible in how people around me might feed their souls. But so long as we have awareness in, in terms of food, because some people out there, they just eat whatever they want. Oh, whatever yeah. Is in whatever's front in front of them. them. Any, any, within. Eat and drink. The seafood diet. If I see it, I'm eating it. <laughs> and you're offered something and you eat it. So when I think of self-defense, there it, it spills over into everything that we do. But the first thought is our health in terms of our intake, our nutrition. And just really making the choices to eat and drink the things that are best for you. And even if you do a even a very small, because when it comes to lifestyle changes, and because there are so many people that I know I've spoken to personally that are like, you know what, I struggle with this, I struggle with this, I want to stop doing this, my body's here, I want it to be here, this is not good. And I don't think that they should like, Cut this, cut that, start doing this, do that, don't do this, do that, get a personal trainer. No. All of it at once. No, it, it's very small. Just choose one thing. Just stop drinking soda for a year. Mm -hmm. You might still That's drink beer. That's actually a beer. great one. You might still eat cupcakes one. every weekend, but just stop one thing. And the thing is, yeah. when you stop one thing for three months, six months, a year, and then you realize, you know what? I I'm actually okay. I survived. Didn't need it that and much. Then you, yeah. And then you stop one more. So this, is, this has become something that I have you know, really gone deep into is that wh what else can I learn? And if someone tells you something like, hey, you should consider this and it's good, comes from a good place. It's advice usually comes from a good place and it's going to improve your lifestyle and make you feel better. 
I'm like, okay, I'm going to try it. I don't even, it could be a stranger. It could be the, you know, the person that's bagging my groceries at the grocery store. And they say, you know what? Ever since I, every morning I wake up and I drink 12 ounces of water first thing in the morning. I'm like, wow, I'm going to try that for a few months, see how it feels. Yep. Very receptive. What I got from what you just said was, okay, because one thing I want to say is funny. And I think maybe it's that a lot of wives and or women are like this. My wife is the same thing too with the food. There is a big difference between feeding the soul and feeding the body. And Sarah will literally, she'll say, there's this, there's this cookie shop around the corner called Crumble. And man, they make, they're not even cookies. They're just like cakes. They're, they say they're, they're cakes, basically. Okay, they make these freaking cakes. They're so good. And every week they have a new selection of cakes. And they're always like, they're exotic. They're like blueberry muffin, like carrot cake. Like, oh, they're very exotic. And every, every Monday they drop the new flavors. And she'll look at it every week. And she'll be like, babe, do you want us to get some cookies? I'm like... No, no cookies. Because I know that if it's in the house, I don't have an off switch. I don't. I just don't bring it in the house because if I if it comes in my zone, I'm, I will consume it. But my way of moderation is I don't buy it because I train a lot. I'm hungry. I like sweet things. It's not like I don't like sweet things. I like it. I just don't want to have it in the house. So I'll say no. She doesn't respect that that uh, boundary. She'll get the cookie. Fine. She'll say, babe, I got the cookies. Do you want some? I'm like, no. She's like, oh, it smells so good. Oh my god. Mm-mm. Do you, do you want some? I'll say no. Then she'll take it. She'll literally put it to my mouth and say, eat this, eat it. And I'm like, okay. Do you think <laughs> That's how close it gets to me. I, I wonder if she does that because a little part of her feels like if you don't eat it, she'll feel some guilt. No, trying to break because you know what? Why she can eat half eat of it? it and throw it away because she just likes, to, she likes me to feel the joy. She's like, feel the joy, feel it, experience it. <laughs> okay. So she's trying to give you that little high. Yeah, food, I, I food is her number one love. It's her number one love. That's how she wants to me to experience that. You know, I love it. Okay, got it. So and she then, loves uh, it so yeah. much. She wants you to experience it. Okay, I see. I see. Yeah, she's like, this is too good for you not to experience. I'm like, I know how it tastes, but it's good every time. That all that to say, I think there's good in balance. I wouldn't have any cookies if my wife didn't exist. And some cookies are okay. It's okay to have some. You know, if you're training. Yeah, we just. Um, the, the, th- the thing is to be aware of why you're eating the cookie. Are you eating it because okay. you're depressed? I sidetracked myself. I, I, I sidetracked myself. Intentionality is what I wrote down. Be intentional with what you're putting in your body. That's all. Oh, if you want the cookie, fine. eat it. You know what I'm saying? That's, I, went, so I got sidetracked with the story about my wife. But you, what you were back. saying, you brought me back. Yes, be intentional with what you're eating. That's fine. Yes. If you want to eat the cookie, eat it. Fine, but just know, tag that. I'm eating this. So mm-hmm. don't eat too much more of that anytime in the near future, you know? And Tag that it. goes back uh, to yeah. That goes back to jujitsu. Be intentional about your practicing of jujitsu. Because uh-huh. if you practice jujitsu, you know, because you're just bored and you're stressed out, you go and practice it and you're just beating everybody up and being reckless. Where you're not you're 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 too concerned with the outcome of that role. And back to what I say, you're trying to fill the void and make yourself feel good. So you could say that you're intentionally trying to make yourself feel good. But the truth is that person's not going to last long because six months later, they're going to stumble across something else. It could be mountain biking. You know what I mean? It could be badminton. And that's going to be their new activity that's going to make them feel good. So if you want to be, if you want to learn the martial art mm. long term, and reap the benefits long-term in terms of the lifestyle and the awareness, the discipline. Don't come into it 
just to like go hard and feel good one day. Look at the bigger picture and, and big picture. Big picture is where every, not that we can't focus on the micro sometimes, but the macro is how, how can I eat a, a dessert at a Cheesecake Factory? How can I eat? Oh, oh. Have I had a bite before? Maybe once in my life I've had a bite of Cheesecake Factory dessert. But how can I order a whole slice for myself? What are the benefits? What does that do for me? I'd much rather go, you know, for a walk on the beach for 30 minutes and go be in That's not the same. That's not the same, Hiron. But for me, it's the same, though, in terms of the feeling. Because remember, people are... I know exactly. We're escaping our everyday stresses. Sometimes we escape Mm -hmm. it in food. Sometimes we escape Mm -hmm. it in gambling, in uh, the media, in television. So if I'm going to escape, I'm very fortunate Mm -hmm. that my coping mechanisms, I have situated my life to where my coping mechanisms Uh. are are going and riding a bike on the beach, are going on a hike, are infrared sauna, cold plunge. You know, so I'm, what great coping mechanisms. Even Those are are healthy habits. Healthy habits. But they're not my coping mechanisms. Even cleaning my house, cleaning my house, sweeping, cleaning the dishes, and organizing my kitchen is a coping mechanism. I like that. That helps get my life in order. I'm organizing my closet. I'm making my bed. These are things that I'm I'm bringing more organization to my life, which is going to help in other areas. It's going to make me feel more at peace and more, you know, more, I guess, yeah, comfortable, overall comfortable. I don't know a bunch of shit. Uh, one, do, if you're training, there's only so much dopamine you should be chasing. A lot of times, it's not always ex- okay. It's not always exciting to go train. You're not always like, I can't wait to go. That's not what you should be looking for in terms of the feeling of doing anything that is good for you. Like mm-hmm. I try to explain this to someone. Sometimes the things that give you the most energy are also the things that drain you. So like, I'll, oftentimes I'll think, oh, I don't want to go train today because it's going to be tiring. But then afterwards, I have more energy and I feel better about myself. So it gave something to me back. But there's a barrier of having to get past the feeling of slight dread going in sometimes. I'm like, ah, I got to leave my comfortable house. It's like rainy in Portland. I got to leave my comfortable house. I'm in my sweatpants. I got to go out there. Maybe I got to teach, you know, the kids class or I got to do whatever. And like, I have to like present myself, you know, and maybe I'll get beat up. <laughs> yes. You know, what so there's a barrier. Do, but then afterwards, you know. What we do, what we do to keep that from happening because we know students feel good one day and one day they don't. We don't, how you exist in class on the mat can change. You can come and just learn mm-hmm. techniques for 45, 50 minutes. You can come and just sit on the side of the room, stretching, watching the class, having the conversations, listening to the discussion. There you go. You can come and you can grapple with three, five, seven people at a hundred percent, or you can grapple with someone at 40, 50%. You can ask, Hey, you know what? I'm a little tired. I want to go slower. So you can modify your experience. So when you think to yourself, I don't want to go today. I'm so tired. Come back with a thought of, you know what? I'm going to go today and I'm going to take it easy. And you know what? I know that I have the support at my gym that will help me meet my take it easy expectation. You know, one thing that you can do, which is so true, especially when it comes to physical exertion, and we'll kind of like, we'll We'll bring a whole a full circle here. When it comes to physical fitness, which is a big part of my personal health routine, one of the things I've done in the past, which has helped me, because I, I feel like I'm very good at keeping myself to a certain level, but I don't always feel like training. 
And one of the things I've done, uh, even with like working out at the gym, is I'll say, okay, I'm just going to go to the gym. And my qualification is I'm just going to scan my membership card. If I scan my membership card, I decide I want to turn around and go home, I'll do that. But I just want to get that check mark. Inevitably, when I go there, I scan and I say, oh, fuck it. You know, and I'll just go and I'll get a little bit of workout in. Same thing. You that I think you brought something good. There's a modality of any type of, let's, let's expand this to healthy habits. Healthy habits don't always need to be, you're making your habit. You're an adult. So you don't need to feel like it has to be a certain way all the time. You can always modify and adapt it, but it's better to have consistency over time with something that's intentional than like really hard one day or one week or one month and then nothing because you burn yourself out. And that is so important over the drip, 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 I think is so much better than the intense pour and then the dry, yeah. the dry spell. Have fun with the healthy habits. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's your habits. It's your habits. No one's forcing you to do this. You're, oh, I have to do my morning routine. Oh, this sucks. It's your routine. <laughs> and, and, you can, and you can always try again. Yes. Right? It's not uncommon for someone to give something an honest attempt. They try to have a new healthy habit and then they fail. And then it happens 10 times and I, I can't do it. It's not for me. Like, be easy on yourself. And it might take you 30 times to really start to own that healthy habit. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to I want to wrap with your morning routine. You have kind of an elaborate one. You do the cold plunge. I like the showers in Oregon are so fucking cold. It must qualify. What's the temperature? Is it 30, 36 or what's the 40 it's something? 40. In the plunge? 40. 40? How long do you stay in? 30 minutes and 45 seconds. <sighs> God, it's so long. <laughs> it's pretty long. Yeah, three. One minute is the hardest minute. The first minute is very hard, and yeah. then the next, um, you know, two and a half, two and three minutes is pretty easy. You're just dead, so it doesn't matter. You're dead. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Okay. What time? You? I'm sorry. I, I so you. Morning you waking up. Give me your whole thing. Yeah. Uh, my morning routines have not been the most routine lately. I'm very flexible. I have You're been. Ideal. My ideal morning routine. Oh my gosh. Your I've been ideal. supporting my wife a lot in her morning routine of going to the gym first thing in the morning. And okay. she's been doing amazing with it. She's been getting very strong, sticking to it. And I'm with the kids in the morning. So now my ideal morning routine, if I had no children and no wife, if I was a single <laughs> sure. man. I don't know. Can we print? Can, are we allowed to publish that online? It's a fantasy world, an alternate reality. <laughs> Man, the ideal morning routine for me, uh, I would be infrared sauna, good hydration, infrared sauna. I did it this morning for, you know, 30 minutes. And then I would go in the cold plunge for three, four minutes. Ten minutes. <laughs> four minutes. Check you on. So those are the two things I do right out of bed. Like right when I wake yeah. up, I usually go directly to the cold plunge. But if I could do infrared sauna and cold plunge, that would be great. But it's a lot of time for the infrared sauna. It's a 30-minute thing. So I skip it. You know, I do it once a week max. What's the infrared sauna do for you? Man, I'm not quite sure. It feels amazing. I've heard there's tremendous benefits to it. I've done it before. It feels good. Yeah. There's tremendous benefits that I've heard from it. And I don't study the benefits too much. I just hear a few key people from, you know, Tony Robbins talking about it to Dr. Rhonda Patrick. And these people talk about yeah. it and they're like, benefits, benefits. And I don't need to like listen. Like, oh, what are the benefits? And write them down. And that's why I'm doing it for the benefits. I just trust them right away. 
and it feels good. So I keep going with it. But now, um, so then I do the cold plunge and then I'm done. And then I'll go eat breakfast. What are you going to have? Man, I, I love having it all. Sometimes I'll have. Having it all? I love oatmeal. I love, I love sweet potato and eggs and avocado. I'll have like three eggs and a sweet Oof. potato. That's what I had this morning. And an avocado. I had that yesterday. But then I'll have those little rice cakes with avocado and I like almond butter. Um, nice. Sometimes I'll have like an acai bowl. I'll have fruit for breakfast. But I'll eat breakfast, and then I will um, go to Gracie University, go to work. And if I can do like – we used to do a lot more filming, but now we're doing a little bit less. But now by like 9.45, 9.30, I can go to work. I can, If I can hit the gym like two or three days a week, that would be amazing. Like 45, 50 minutes, hours, hour max in the gym. Yeah, weights. I don't do very heavy weights. I have some very strong friends that do very heavy weights. For me, it's about building a little bit of armor. Um, and then stretching is also very important. I don't do enough stretching. I would do a good amount of like mobility. I try to touch all of my joints, um, full body mm. mobility, just wrists, fingers, elbows, shoulders, neck. I have a good friend of mine who's helped me with a good mobility routine. So I can do like, I will do that like probably every day. And I do 15, 20 minutes of mobility. And then I start teaching class. I start working. So teaching classes is work as well as filming content for the world. So sometimes we're filming like at 10 a.m. Sometimes we are working out at 10 a.m. So it kind of jumps between the two. And I love filming. I love creating new content. And I love to work out. Probably I love filming more. <laughs> and then we teach, yeah. I teach classes all morning, two or three classes. And then I come back home. But just strictly morning is infrared sauna and cold plunge. That's right now. Infrared, cold plunge, breakfast, and then go off to work to the world. Yeah, it feels good, man. Um, I think that you and you can always change it too. You know, you, you want to find like your staple. Sometimes when you're traveling too, you don't have all your stuff. Yeah. So you might have to do a modified version of it. Just meditating and getting, you know, a liter of water in and getting out the door for a walk or something. So starting next in a couple of weeks, we're gonna start doing yoga in the mornings at 7 a.m. on the beach. So we go to the beach, we do yoga, we jump in the ocean first, and then we do yoga for an nice. hour and 20, hour and 30, myself and like nice. three or four other friends. This is only on Fridays. So it's the Friday morning routine. And then the Sunday morning routine, I can go ride a bike for 25 miles. Oh, you do the coastline? I do the coastline. And then nice. maybe on Tuesday and Thursday will be the morning routines that I'll See, go to the gym. Good. So yeah. that's, yeah. you know. Different variations. Different variations. But, but it's more like a it's a daily anchor. You know, it doesn't have to be the same meal, but it's like this, you know, different flavors of the same anchor, which is like getting out in nature, uh, get connecting to the body, grounding yourself, mm -hmm. get, putting some good nutrition in there, making sure you're hydrated. Like these are all things that like some people just wake up and they're like immediately scrolling or like eating a huge Belgian waffle, which sounds like some people's dream, I'm sure. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, <laughs> rolling back over pressing snooze again. And I've noticed that about, I do wake up naturally. I don't set an alarm. I'm very fortunate me to wake neither. up naturally. My kids let me stay in bed. My wife leaves at 7.30 to go work out. And then by like 8 a.m., I'm just kind of waking up. So that's a eight. very good thing. 8 o'clock, 7.30. 7.30 might be the earliest that I wake up. But eight what time is, are you going to bed, though? I'm going to bed at midnight, 11.30. Midnight? My goal is to get eight hours. That's true. That's late. I guess when you wake, you're, you're going to find amount of time. But midnight is late for me because I'm waking up usually around 6. So midnight, I'm dead, man. Well, last night, I was at the gym last night until 10.10. 10. 
Yeah. Oh, I come hard. home and I, I did a, I did have a massage chair and then I go and I eat and everything's just so late. I talk to my wife for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, we're talking for 40 minutes and then we fall asleep at yeah. 11, 50, 12 o'clock, whatever. My body just won't let me sleep past 6.30 and I got these two Huskies. They have to go out. I have, go. I have to go on a whole, a whole like routine. They're like going crazy at seven o'clock in the morning. And then I'm usually making Sarah, I'm doing something, something similar to what you are. Sarah is now working out of the house. And so I'm supporting her. So I'm like, I'm like a, the dad, I'm like getting her ready and like getting her stuff. And you know, yeah, I have two so. Huskies too, but they take care of themselves all morning. You have two Huskies? My kids. Yeah. I have to, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those two Huskies. Yeah. Um, they're not there yet. They're not quite at the self-cleaning stage yet. They're very, they're very. <laughs> they take, they feed themselves. I'm like, all right, you guys handle it. I trained them well. Yeah, you trained them well. Yeah. Um, thank so, you, man. Thank you for the time. Uh, you're welcome. I mean, I can, we can keep going for a long time, but, but uh, yeah, I want, I want to respect yours. Where can we find more about the work that you're doing? Man, just come visit me in Torrance. You're the best thing about Torrance because Torrance is not that popping. Okay. Torrance is not, but Torrance is very well located though. So the it actual is. city of Torrance, you know, yeah. I mean, what do you have? You have a mall. It's not like you don't have. That mall Torrance, is awesome. The Del Amo Mall is. Torrance is, is a good location. It's right near the beach. It's near Palos Verdes Cliffs. So the Torrance area, Redondo yeah. Beach, Los Angeles, uh-huh. LA is right there. So I love living in Torrance and being in this area uh, for now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you want to learn more about this, I would go to gracieuniversity.com. And I would try a couple of the free lessons. Try and just, the free lessons. And get a friend or two and slowly find a little padded area, some carpet, and slowly go through the techniques that we're teaching on Gracie University. And maybe if you've never done jiu-jitsu before, you could say, you know what? I just did a little jiu-jitsu. And it's not quite as bad as I thought it was. As a matter of fact, I want to learn a little more. So Gracie some, University uh, is the place to go. The Kool-Aid's in back, guys. Ah, my friends, I hope you love today's episode as much as I love recording it for you. And as you can tell, uh, it was a big deal for me to do this interview with Hiran. I really, um, I put a lot of care into um, all of the guests that I bring on the show, and this was no exception. And I really hope that you got a lot out of hearing the mind of someone who has been shaped from, you know, from a very early age, from almost the very beginning, to look at the world through the perception of mastery, to look at the acquisition of skill as also the the the, as the spiritual component of self-improvement. And I really, I want to encourage you to try jujitsu, honestly. I, I, I'll have no shame in trying to push you in that direction because I know that it will change your life. Everyone who I've introduced it to, uh, who's really stuck with it, um, even Pat, you know, and it doesn't take long to, to get the bug if you really get it, but people who've stuck with it have told me that it's been one of the most significant things of their life. And I have to, uh, agree, you know, for me, it's completely changed my life. And so I hope this, this, uh, interview sparked your curiosity and sparked your interest. And even if it only gets two or three people out there, you know, all the way through, um, to, to fully trying it and going through with it and making it into something that uh, improves their life that I know I've done my purpose because it's that powerful. It's like a nuclear bomb of self-development. So um, that's that's all I got for you today, guys. The water is warm. The tide is rising. Make sure you're checking in with us at newwaveentrepreneur.com. Uh, 
uh, it's where we're doing all our updates and we're going to have everything from our uh, dates on the new uh, new wave experience dinners on that site to just everything you can do to, to log in with us digitally so you can join the new wave discord uh, we have a growing community on there and i love talking on there to everyone who is just working through projects going through different phases of their creative ideas and giving feedback and then also talking about upcoming things we have working on and so you'll love to be on that as well so get on there subscribe on the podcast whatever platform you are listening to this on and uh, leave a comment much love the water's warm the tide is rising uh, so let's get ready to jump in and surf this new wave daniel 